So today's daf is Ayn Dalid. In Eruvin, we are on Ayn Gimel Bet. We are two lines from the bottom. Gufa. It says we go back to what we said before. Obviously, we didn't say it today, but we said it yesterday. Right? Amarav, Rav said, Now the chidush here is that they were very lenient, as we mentioned yesterday, about the uh, permission to carry in a mavoy in particular, permission to carry in these alleys that are between the chatzorot, that they permitted the fourth wall to be closed off just with lechi v'korah, just with a vertical stick uh, on the side or a korah going across the top. And that alone was enough to close off the fourth side. If you have a chatzer, if you have a courtyard, it requires more of a fix. On the open side, a larger board or something to sit, uh, close off that fourth side, as we've learned. So the, if a mavoy were not a mavoy, in other words, if a mavoy were a chatzer, it would require, require a greater repair. Then it's not that it's impossible to carry in there, but it would ha- it would require more of a sealing off on that fourth side. Now, Rav says that when do we have this leniency of mavoy that the rabbis allowed you to rely just on the little stick or the or the pole going across the top is only when you have a minimum of batim v'chatzerot which means you have to have two courtyards that open to this alleyway. And two houses per courtyard. In other words, once it becomes like more of a public, I guess, uh, institution, the Mavoy, because there's already two different <laughs> chatzerot, and each chatzer is really two different households, so then the leniency comes in. But if it's just one courtyard open to it, or if it's just a, uh, so then it's really considered like an extension of that one courtyard, so it wouldn't get the leniency of the Mavoy. And if, even if it's two courtyards, but there's only one person living in the other side, so that wouldn't be significant enough to, impo- to bring about this leniency of, of Mavoy according to Rav. However, Shmuel says, Even if you have just one house and one chatzir open to the Mavoy, a Mavoy has a special rule that, uh, like Rashi says here, In other words, he's saying that, um, he's saying the two things. He doesn't mean, he doesn't mean or, right? He means that what you have is a house that directly opens to the Mavoy, even if it doesn't have a chatzir. And on the other side, you have a, uh, you have a chatzir that opens with, uh, with one house inside. So even according to Shmuel, you're going to have more than one person using this Mavoy. Because why would you have a mavoy for just one person? You're not going to have a mavoy for one person. That's just a, that's just a front yard, right? So she says, So you have one house that opens directly to the mavoy, which is possible. You could have a, a house that opens directly on the mavoy. There's no chatzir in front of it. And then on the other side, you have a chatzir. That's enough, according to Shmuel. So he's differing with him on two things. You don't have two, you don't have two chatzirot. You have only one chatzir. And in the one chatzir that you have, you have only one house. So he's differing with him on both of those points. Rav is saying you need two things. Double chatzir and double houses. According to Shmuel, you need only one chatzir and you need only one house in that chatzir to call it a chatzir. Now you definitely need at least two people to be involved here, two, two, two uh, families to be involved. Otherwise, there's no reason to make any kind of a... Uh, and it's, it's to, to even call it a mavoy. It would just be the front, the driveway of the one guy if his house is open to it. But, it's, uh, but, it, but it has to have... So it has to have at least two... Um, uh, two uh, parties that are that are using it, but it doesn't need two chatzerot and it doesn't need two batim to make a chatzer. That's Shmuel. Now, so Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, he says, you know what? You don't even need uh, that you ha- to have a uh, even if the other side is a churva, you have a chatzer, okay? Meaning you have a chatzer with a house inside on one side of the mavoy, and on the other side you have the ruins of a former house. 
Okay, so that's going even further than Shemuel. Okay, Shemuel said, a chatzer with a house in it on one side and just a house on the other side without a chatzer is enough to say that this is a mavoy. According to Rabbi Yochanan, even if you have a chatzer with a house in it on one side and on the other side you have just what used to be a house, a ruins of a house, that also, you could still call it a mavoy and you could still, um, you can still fix the end of the mavoy with a lenient, just a stick on the end of the mavoy is going to be enough. Did he say this even regarding a path of uh, uh, going to uh, vineyards? In other words, even if there's just a path on one side, meaning on one side of the mavoi is a chatzir with a house in it, and on the other side is just a path that leads to vineyards or whatever. It's not even a ruin at all. Does it have to be the ruin of a house? Or just that there are two openings, one side of the chatzir, one side of the mavoi opens to a, uh, a courtyard with a house, and one side of it opens to anything. Could be a path that takes you to the garden. It doesn't matter. He said to him, No, there is some limit because it has to be something that is residential. So at least a ruin, okay, is something that is for residential purposes. It's a broken down house. Okay, you have to call one of these uh, companies here to come fix it up for you and then uh, live in it, but it's at least for residential purposes. A path going down to the, uh, going down to the, uh, or through the vineyard is not going to be considered residential. So it has to at least be residential according to Rabbi Yochanan. That's the only limit. So it has to be that it opens on one side to a chatzer with a house and on the other side of the mavoy it opens to something that either is or was residential. At least it could be re- rebuilt if it's a broken down house, whatever, it could, be re- it could still be used, but not just a path. And incidentally, Rabbi Yochanan is consistent with his reasoning elsewhere because we learned in a Mishnah, This is the opinion that we've seen before by Rabbi Shimon. That's why it says in the parentheses, because it's actually the opinion, uh, it should say Rabbi Shimon Omer, according to the side, uh, according to the Masorot Hashas on top, should say Rabbi Shimon Omer, because we've recognized this as the opinion of Rabbi Shimon that basically even though in order to carry from a house into a chatzir you have to have an eruve chatzirot from your house into the chatzir or if you want to carry an item from your house into the chatzir and into another chatzir you need to have eruve chatzirot between the chatzirot however in order to carry from th- things that were already, let's say you have like a, a, your kid's tricycle, you leave in the chatzer all the time, you don't bring it in. I'm just making up an example, right? You leave it always outside, you don't bring it in. So that's always in the chatzer. According to Rabbi Shimon, you can move that from that chatzer to another chatzer to a karpef, which is the open area that is enclosed, but it's like a field or a park. Anything that is, um, uh, that is these public areas that are enclosed or these shared areas that are enclosed, you can move an item that that was always located in one of them to any of them, the roofs of houses and so on. There's no limit. You don't need an Erovei Chatzerot for that. Erovei Chatzerot is only when you want to start moving objects from the house into the Chatzer. But within the Chatzer, something that you left in there isn't subject to that rule and you can move from chatzer to chatzer. You can move items that were always in the chatzer. You leave your, I don't know, your uh, uh, whatever items are always left outside uh, that, that are usable for Shabbat. You left it out, you left it in the chatzer. It could be moved to another chatzer. Rabbi Shimon says these are all considered reshut achat la kelim tochan. That if there are things that are left in there all the time, you don't have to, the, the houses are not involved. So all of those areas are permitted. Even, even if multiple residences. Yeah, if we're saying anything, it's not like, in other, right, so Rabbi Shimon's point. The and they have all of their toys in the middle and they were always playing. In exactly, so Rabbi Shimon's point is that it's not like a Rashut Arabim. 
Where Rashut Rabim, you're not allowed to carry four amot. You're not allowed to move things around. It's not like that. It's that you're not allowed to carry from the house into the uh, into into the chater. Right, whatever is there is there. So that and Rabbi Shimon is saying not only that, but even from that chater to another chater is okay. Meaning, you can move things from one. You had your tricycle of your kid in one chater, yeah. you can move to another chater, even though you didn't make an eruv chater with them. The only issue is bringing things from the house into the chater. That's even the only a thing. And a mavoi also, yeah. So, it, so that's the that. So, moving things from the chater to the mavoi would be a different story because when you move things from a chater to a mavoi, so now you're moving it to a new kind of a. There's a new thing of shitufei mavoot, right? But from chater to chater to karpef to all of these other enclosed areas, it would be okay. Now he says, um, so he says, uh, so Amarav and Rav said halacha Rabbi Shimon, that Rav said the halacha follows Rabbi Shimon, and vehu shelo ervu, but that's only if they didn't make an eruv. This is very ironic. Aval ervu gazrinan very very funny situation you have what's something that seems like counterintuitive why because if you didn't have an eruv at all so then you can move items from the chatzer to the next door chatzer to the one over there and you, you can move things around you go to the roof to this it's okay if you made an eruv in your chatzer now you can't why what's the difference ah because if when you don't have an eruv so nobody can bring anything out of their house into the chatzer so there's no concern that you're going to bring anything from your house and it's going to end up... You live in Chatzar Aleph. There's no concern that an item that started out Shabbat in your house is going to end up in Chatzar Bet. Because you can't take anything out of your house because they didn't make any Rove Chatzarot in, in Chatzar Aleph. However, if they made no... So therefore, anything that's in the Chatzar itself, you can move from Chatzar to Chatzar, no problem. But if they make an Eruv, so now it's possible that you brought things from inside your house into your Chatzar. Now you're limited. You can't... Even things that were there from before Shabbat in the Chatzar, you can't move from there to the other Chatzar because the concern is that maybe you're also going to bring something from your house and you're not going to know the difference and it's going to end up going from your house over to the other Chatzar. So it's counterintuitive. When, that's, that's what, that is what, uh, what Rav says, okay? Now, let's say, he says in the, he says, Now, Ushmuel Amar, Ben She'ervu, Ben She'lo'ervu. Whether they made an Eruv or not, it's the same rule. Meaning we're not concerned. When the, thi- when the item was in the chatzir from the beginning of Shabbat, it doesn't have any restriction. Only items that were in your house. And so, so did Rabbi Yochanan say it doesn't matter whether they made an Eruv or not. So we don't have that counterintuitive ironic thing that if you make an Eruv, it's worse. Because now you can't move things from your chat- even that were, that were in the chatzir the whole time. You can't move them to the chatzir. We're not going to say that. Anything. He says, Alma, So we see that we don't make a gzera, that maybe you're going to move things, things are going to make it from the batim lachatzer, that things are going to make it from the houses into the chatzer. Because if, the, if we're concerned about that, in other words, he's not concerned that since you made an eruv in chatzer aleph, then, and if you start moving things from Chatzir Aleph to Chatzir Bet, you also might move things from your house to Chatzir Bet, where you don't have a right to do that. So it says, This was the concern. According to Rashi, the concern is that in Rabbi Yochanan's view, so you have here one Chatzir with a bite, one Chatzir with a house open to the Mavoy, and you, and, and you have on the other side of the, you have on the other side a, uh, the Churva, the ruin. Okay, now the ruin, Rashi explains, actually belongs to somebody else, but he doesn't actually live there. 
Okay? So he doesn't actually participate in any shitufei mavo'ot, but it's a different domain. So even though this guy is going to be allowed to use the mavo'ot, he doesn't actually have to make a shitufei mavo'ot because there's nobody to make a shituf. There's nobody to make a partnership because it's just a ruin on the other side. It belongs to some estate of somebody. Who knows, right? But it, it, it doesn't belong to... It doesn't, nobody lives there right now. So... We're allowing him to carry in the Mavoy and to put a Lechi or a Quran the end of the Mavoy and to carry. And they were saying it's a Mavoy, but he's not actually making any kind of agreement with the, with the ruin owner because he, he, he doesn't live there. Now, the thing is, he still can't carry into the ruin because it's a different domain. It would be like carrying things from his house to a different Chatzir. And even if you have a Shitufei Mavoot, meaning even if you have a situation where the Chatzirot are, uh, have a Mavoy, uh, in between them, it doesn't automatically mean that you can move things from your chatzer to another chatzer. Right? So here we're not worried. It just means that you can move them into the mavoy. It doesn't automatically mean you can move them to the other chatzer. So he's saying, when you cut, when, so you see from here that Rabbi Yochanan is not concerned that this person who's using this mavoy is going to end up carrying things into the ruin. He's not worried about that. Even though you're taking something out of your house and you're bringing it into your chatzir and you're bringing it into the mavoy, we're not worried that you're going to go for a little stroll with your stuff in the ruin. Okay, that's, that, so, so that's Rabbi Yochanan's position and therefore he allows you um, in such a case to use this mavoy. Now it says, Rabbona was telling over this teaching here. Rabbi Eliezer Barbe Rav, a student of the yeshiva named Rabbi Eliezer said to him, so it's not the Rabbi Eliezer that we know, I guess, but it's different Rabbi Eliezer, he said to him, um, he said, Amar Shmuel Achi, did Shmuel really say this? Meaning, did Shmuel really say that this requirement of uh, two chatzerot and two houses to create a mavoy is not necessary? Did he really, did he really say that? And he said to him, Amar Le'in, he said, you bet, he really said it. So he said, Amar Le'achveli Ushbizei, show me where he lives, I want to go ask him, I want to hear it directly from him. I don't believe you. Okay. So he showed him exactly where he lived. And then he went and he, he uh, uh, went to Shmuel and asked him directly, did you really say this? He said, yes. He said, and we saw this earlier in the Masechet. Don't you say that we only have in the laws of Eruvin the language of the Mishnah, meaning we always go by the language of the Mishnah. That is our measure of whether we're doing right or not. And, and, what, is the, and what does the actual Mishnah say? It says it in the plural. It says the chatzerot, that the mavoy is to the chatzerot, meaning it's the shared area of the chatzerot in the same way that the chatzerot are labatim, are for the houses. Okay, meaning it uses plural, batim, that every chatzer has, has more than one bite. And the implication is that every uh, mavoy has more than one chatzer, meaning two chatzerot and two batim. And you're saying, no, there's no requirement. Just has to be one chatzer with one house and a house on the other side that doesn't even have a chatzer and that's enough. So you're not requiring two houses per chatzer and you're not requiring two batim per chatzer. Uh, you're not requiring two batim per chatzer and you're not requiring two chatzerot. So he says, so how can you do that? You said, en lanu ella kilshon mishnateno. That we all have, we have to go according to the language of the Mishnah. So he said, so ishtik, he didn't answer. He didn't answer him. Now, we never know why rabbis don't answer. It could be because he thought it was a dumb question, so he doesn't bother to answer. Or it could be because he, he said, you know, you're right, and I don't know what to say. You, you caught me. We don't know. So the Gemara asks, did he, did he accept it or not? Meaning, did, was, did, he, did he acknowledge that he had made a mistake or not? Tashma, come in here. There was a person called Ivut Bar'ihi who lived in a certain Mavoy. And Avadle 
lechayah. He made a lechi for that mavoi. And Shmuel permitted it. Now we have to assume that this is talking about the, ca- the kind of a case where Shmuel would say it's okay, but nobody else would. Like there's only his chatzer didn't have anybody else in it, right? Or the other chatzer only had one house in it. Um, we're going to see that it's talking about a situation where he had um, two, seemingly had two houses in his chatzer, but the other, ha- the other chatzer only had one house. That's going to seem to be what the case was. But the point was he went like Shmuel and since... The, the chidush of Shmuel is that you can allow carrying in the mavoi with only a lechi or Quran in the end. That's not self-evident that you should be allowed to do that. Unless you have the special leniency of a mavoi. Atar of Anan, of Anan came Shadyeh, and he took away the lechi and said, this is trash, this doesn't work. Right? He said, is it possible that I made this lechi and I live in this mavoi um, according to uh, the, the opinion of Shmuel? And this was after the death of Shmuel, Rashi says. And Rav Anan comes and he takes it away. I mean, who does he think he is to contradict Shmuel? I'm, I was following Shmuel. Okay, so that what does that show? So, Shema uh, Mina. Lo kibla minei. What does that show you? It shows you that Shmuel did not ex- did not retract his position because you see that this rab- rabbi Ivut Bar Ihi was living in this mavoi with the permission of Shmuel. It was a situation that only Shmuel would allow, where you had uh, where the chaserot did not have two batim each. Okay, so it was not two chaserot and two batim each situation. And yet, Shmuel was allowing him to use the Mavoy. And then Rav Anan comes and takes it down, meaning like rejecting Shmuel. But you see that Shmuel obviously didn't retract his own opinion because had Shmuel retracted his own opinion, then this Ivud Bari, he would not have been doing it. Right? He was invoking the Heksher of Shmuel. Like I have, uh, you know, rabbinic uh, validation. So it says, no, not necessarily, because it might be that Shmuel did retract. So the thing is that we have to construct a case, as the Gemara will often do. We don't know all the details of the case. So we can't draw the most broad conclusions from a case without knowing the details. So the Gemara says that most likely what we were talking about here was that Ivut himself, let's say, lived in a chatzer that had two batim. So we have to say that. The other chatzer had a house and a synagogue in it. And so a house, okay, a synagogue though is not a residence. The thing was that the gabai of the synagogue would sleep in there. So he didn't eat there. He would eat somewhere else and he would sleep there at night. So Shmuel said, that's enough to say there are two batim in that chatzer. So there are two batim in Ivut's chatzer and there are two batim, the Bet Knesset, because there's an apartment in there where the Gabai sleeps, even though he doesn't eat there. Okay? That's enough to say that there are two houses in that chatzer. And so Shmuel uh, uh, allowed it, but then what happened was ve'ivut bar ihi. So and and Rashi explains what's actually kind of missing from the uh, from the text itself. That apparently the the gabai at some point stopped uh, stopped this practice. So Rashi says that um, that there, so dehavap that this synagogue was when the uh, when he said. Uh, the, the Gabai had stopped his practice of sleeping in the synagogue. And so therefore, 
um, he, uh, he, 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 he saw that the conditions were no longer there to allow it. In other words, he was assuming that Shmuel only allowed the situation of the Mavoy here because there were two houses and one Chatzir, and the other Chatzir had a house and a, an apartment in the synagogue. But when the apartment in the synagogue stopped being used, so then the, the, the leniency stopped being affected. The Bar Ihi Savar Makom Pitagari. Right, that's, that's the idea. That's, right, so the Ivud Bar Ihi Savar Makom Pitagari. So here's the deal. Ivud Bar Ihi thought that Shmuel allowed it not based on the fact that the Gabai was sleeping in there because actually food is what determines your residence. So, and since Ivut Bar'i, he thought that where you eat is what defines your residence, he didn't consider the Gabai sleeping in the synagogue to be a, a, an important factor. He thought that the reason why Shmuel said it was okay was because there was only one house in that chaser and that was okay. He didn't count the synagogue because he figured that the fact that the Gabai just sleeps there at night, if he doesn't eat there, it doesn't count. But, but Rav Anan said, no, the place where you sleep counts. And the reason why Shmuel was counting that as a second house was because the Gabai sleeps there. And now that he stopped sleeping there, it's going to disqualify that chatzir as a chatzir because there's only one functioning house plus the Bit Knesset, which is no longer used as a place of residence. And therefore, the rule of Mavoy will not apply. The leniency of Mavoy will not apply. Okay, so the point was that they disagreed about why Shmuel was permitting it. Was he permitting it because he said you don't need to have two houses in the other chatzir? And the fact that the guy slept in that chatzir and slept in the synagogue didn't count because he didn't eat it in the synagogue. So, so, it was, so Shmuel was allowing it for the one house. Or no, Rav Anand is saying no, Shmuel actually retracted that view and said that you do need two houses. It's just that, that the fact that the Gabai slept in that Bet Knesset was enough. And Shmuel, U Shmuel, we saw yesterday in the daf that Shmuel holds that what defines your residence is the place you sleep. And that was why he permitted it. So according to this, he really did retract. And incidentally, the halacha follows Rav, that, that, that the definition of a chatzir is a minimum of two batim. <coughs> and in order to have a mavoi, that you're going to use the leniency of lechi or korah, you have to have two chatzirot and two batim. That is the halacha. So it could be that Shmuel retracted when he realized that his theory, his idea was not fully consistent with the language of the Mishnah because of that student who challenged him like the Gemara said before. Now, Amar Rabbi Yehuda Amar Rabbi. With a synagogue that have it, have it, with a synagogue and a house without anybody living in a synagogue, can they join? Or they no, they wouldn't need to because it's not a residence. It's not, Only no a residence needs to join. So even a synagogue where people come to pray wouldn't count as a separate reshut because a reshut is defined as a residence only. Yeah, like we saw before also, like storage rooms and things like that. You have a storage place. It doesn't count either. Yeah, no, but it's not at home. I mean, if you, in the old days, they had, a, like, for example, Kiddush on Friday nights, they used to make in the synagogue Kiddush. Right. The Ashkenazim, they still do. Yeah, um, the, uh, the reason for that was because there were people who lived, who would sleep in the synagogue. It was like it also served as a bed and breakfast or whatever. For, for travelers, people would come travel and had, need a place to stay for Shabbat. They would stay there and they would eat there and they would sleep there. So it was more of like a residence back then. That's why they used to make kiddush in the Beit Knesset because people would be staying there to eat. Not because, not, you know. So then there was a whole discussion about whether that should be continued once the situation uh, was discontinued. In other words, that we don't have people staying in the synagogue to, to eat and sleep anymore. Should we now discontinue kiddush in the Beit Knesset? And this, was, this is a big machloket rishonim uh, going back, you know, thousands of years, or I shouldn't say thousand, at least uh, 1,500 years or, or, or not, maybe, maybe a thousand years to be fair. Yeah, whether you can, uh, whether when, when the circumstances change, 
we change the halacha. So the, the Balei Tosafot, actually, the Ashkenazi, ironically, it's the Ashkenazi uh, rabbis of the Middle Ages, so we're going back, let's say, okay, to be fair, like 800 to 1,000 years, that said that when the circumstances change, we also change the halacha. So since, you know, nobody stays in the synagogue anymore, we shouldn't uh, do it. And, 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 and they say also that, uh, you know, let's say taking medicine on Shabbat. What was the reason? Oh, because you might grind medicine. Nobody grinds medicine anymore. Or clapping on Shabbat. And nobody tunes instruments on Shabbat anymore. They, had, they said like a lot of things that are outdated. But the Sephardic Rishonim were, had the view that, no, once something is instituted by Chazal, we keep it even if the circumstances change. Now, our tradition today is kind of a mix of those two opinions. There are certain things we dropped and certain things we kept. Like, for example, many synagogues don't have Kiddush on Friday night anymore. Most Sephardic ones don't. But we do have Chazarat Hashatz, even though everybody has a Sidor. So, like, we still repeat the Amidah, even though we don't need to. Have Kabbalistic right. reasons for that, though. Uh, that wasn't the reason why, originally. That's the reason of 200 years ago. I'm talking about why did they do it for the past 2,000 years. Or since the printing press was invented, let's say... In the fifteenth, uh, you know, fifteen hundreds, you know, why did they why did they continue having uh, having chazal uh, It wasn't because of um, even in the times of the Rambam, he says we don't really need uh, we don't really need anymore. I mean, yeah. So so certainly, and that was definitely pre Kabbalah. So so they they kept it because he says the Rambam has a has a response somewhere. He says we should do chazal but we should do it one time. That's why I'm never a fan of chazal I always do it very fast. Because to me, it's just an opportunity to do sins because people just talk. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't like Chazat Hashat. The Rambam, yeah. The, the Rambam says, everyone do it biyachad. Kulam biyachad No, the Chazan says it aloud in undertone. Everybody says it bilachash together with the Chazan. When you get to Kiddushah, you say Kiddushah together. That's what you could do. It's no problem to do that. If you're late to synagogue and the Chazan starts without you, Right, and you're you're just getting up to lachash. Chazan starts. You read along with him, and you say kedusha. You just can't keep up with him. So the Rambam says, I advise that you do that in every tefillah because otherwise people talk. Even even eight hundred years ago, you said that people talk. Eight, eight or nine hundred years ago, whatever people talk. So it's it's been a problem. I, I'm I'm the biggest advocate. When I one day Bezrat Hashem, when I have my own synagogue, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> anyway, one day, one day, yeah, cut service in half. Anyway, that's that's my dream, but not yet. Uh, so, uh, so uh, but he also said that you have to do kiddush in the Beit Knesset, the Rambam, which is very interesting because most Sephardic synagogues they don't do that either. They don't. He said, yeah, he said you can't change takanat chachamim. The rabbi said you have to have chazarat hashat, so you have to do it together with the yichidim. He says you can't just get rid of it. You have to do it aloud, but together with everyone. And he said kiddush in the Beit Knesset, you have to do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rabbi Ovadia tried to bring it back. Rabbi has a tshuva. Rabbi Ovadia has a response or a tshuva where he says he tried to bring it back. He said. Nowadays, many people they don't know how to say kiddush in the house and things like that. You know, he had, he had, yeah, yeah, probably, probably. I would say so. Uh, after, after the Amidah, what's the problem? Me, me personally, oh, we'll, we'll discuss it when we get there. Okay. If you look at the if, at the old Tachanunim, it's very interesting. It's very different. Than, it's very different than the one that we have. So here you have a situation where you have a Mavoy that on one side, and, and there's a little drawing in Irashi. The Mavoy has a uh, it says Chater Akum. You have a non-Jewish. Um, uh, a, a, a <coughs> on one side, and then you have a, a Jewish chater, but only one house opens to that Jewish chater. Okay, so as, as you could see, and behind that house is another house. In other words, imagine houses that only only the house in front opens to the chater. 
the other houses have windows in between them and this uh, and this house, but I guess they have exits that are on the side, so they don't have to go through the through the mavoy. They go out through the side, but they could pass things from one house to another through windows that they share. Okay, they share walls, but the only one of the houses open to the mavoy. So it says that's that's the drawing there. So it says in ma'ovinot oder chalonot latiotech dachin mavoy. You can't make you can't make an erovei chatzerot between these houses using the windows. In other words, don't make it into a you can't since only really one house opens to the chatzer. You can't say it's multiple houses opening to the chatzer. And now we're going to have uh, she says im yesh batayisel etzel betoshel yisrael. Right? So he says, and they're not open to the mavoy. They're open to the shul rabim. V'chalonot benim en marvin ze im ze der chalonotem lo tikel hem la mavoy der petchoshel ze. In other words, he can't say, well, I'm going to make an eruv with the people in the houses that are behind me that don't directly open to the mavoy, and we're going to make a, and then we're going to be able to consider this mavoy that has more than one house open to it. Because really, there's only one house open to it. And we said before, you have to have at least two batim and two chatzot open. He says, no, you, you can't do that. Because uh, you can't have the people in the back giving you their stuff that you're going to bring into the mavoy. Now, we're going to see why this is in a second. But, Is this true even if you have the same situation open to a chatzir? Meaning that the house in front is open to the chatzir, the houses behind are open to that house in front, but are not directly open to the chatzir. Can they, are you also saying that they cannot make a, uh, an Eruvei Chatserot? She again cl- clarifies here. says, Yisrael v'nuchri darinba. You have a Jew on one side of the Chatser. And you have an Anjou on the other side. Right? And what happens is, behind the house of the, non- of the Jew are other, um, other houses of Jewish houses, but they're not open to the Chatser. They're open to the Rishut Rabim directly. Okay? He can't make an Eruvei Chatserot with the people behind him and then bring their stuff into the Chatser. He can't. Okay? So now, the Gemara, so he says, so he says, Amale in, he said, yes, even in a Chatser, he can't do it. Deilo Amar, my, so he says, because if not, my Hava Amina. If he didn't say it regarding a chatzer, what would be the reason to say it at all? He's saying because tamadurav mishum de kasavar ein mavui nitar balechi vekoad shiu batim vachatzer obtuchim letocho. Because since Rav says that you cannot permit a mavui with just a stick on the end unless there's more than one house open to it, right? And there's more than one chatzer open to it. So then you would say that. So uh, and and that would be the only halacha here. Right? If that's true, so then why would he have to say the halacha twice? He already said it once. So why would he have to give you this case? Because you might say, well, listen, in this case, we'll be, we'll be more lenient. We'll say that normally we say that the non-Jewish guy living there doesn't make a difference. But here we want to be lenient to allow you to use the voice, And we're going to say that the guy in the other side counts. As a uh, as as one chaser open to the mavoy, and you're you are also open to the mavoy, so it'd be okay. So that's why he had to come and say no. He's coming to tell you that no, the oved kochavim that his house is open to this mavoy doesn't count. And if you only had that, and if you only knew that, you only knew that uh, we don't count the the fact that the non-Jewish chaser is open to the mavoy. It's still not clear how many houses you need per chaser in order to create a mavoy, and that's. That's so why he has to tell you, Kamashmalan, Batim, Turin, you need two. So in other words, you could interpret Rav as only talking about a Mavoy here. He's only talking about the fact that one house opens to the Mavoy and on the other side is a non-Jewish house. That's the case that he's talking about. But a Chatzir might be different. 
So it's coming to tell you, Hashtag Amarav, Fil Chatzer. Now that you see that Rav says, even in a Chatzer, this halacha applies, that the one Jewish house open to it and the non Jewish house open on the other side, it cannot make an Erove Chatzer with the people behind him to carry their stuff into the Chatzer. He says, you can't help this individual who's living with a Oved Kochavim. Right? So Rashi says that, um, that, uh, that you're not allowed, basically, to, um, so Rashi says, We don't want the Jew to have too much of a cozy relationship with this guy. Therefore, that we don't allow him to make an eruv with the people behind him, because once he makes the eruv with the people behind him, now he's going to be able to carry things back and forth in and out of the chatzir from those houses. And he's not going to, and, and even though there's a non-Jew there, In other words, we want him to feel alone with Oved Kochavim. We don't want him to be able to bring his friend's stuff into the chatzir, because if he can bring his stuff, friend's stuff in the chatzir, they're going to come in the chatzir with him, and he's going to feel comfortable. Really, he's the only one living as a neighbor to the, to the idol. But he's, uh, he makes it makes him feel comfortable that he can go in. Up. His friends can bring stuff into the mavoy. He just brings it through his house. It's okay. We want to discourage him from doing that. Okay. Really, technically speaking, it shouldn't be an issue. He's saying really it shouldn't be an issue for for him to be able to uh, bring things in, in into the chazer. Right? Because technically speaking, only one house is open to the chatzir, really, he should be allowed to. But we don't want him to be able to make it a more um, f- user-friendly chatzir, since really he's the only person who's directly open to the chatzir. And then, um, and uh, that's the way that Rashi interprets it. And he says, Amar Rav Yosef, this is why I heard that Rabbi Tavla taught the teaching twice. Because I didn't originally know why, but now I understand. He wanted to tell you that this applies to a Mavoy and to a Chatzir. That when you are open to it and the non-Jew is on the other side and really only one Jewish house is open to it, we don't allow that one Jew who's open to it to benefit from sort of making an Erove Chatzirot with the houses that are behind him. Because that will make it more comfortable for him to have this one this, oh, normally, what do we say? Normally, we say that if there's only one Jew living with a non-Jew and a chatzir, he doesn't have to do anything exactly. because it's so rare of a situation. But here, what do you have? You and, and therefore, it won't really, it won't happen very often, and the Jew will eventually leave. But here, what will you have? You'll have a situation where he's open to the influence of the idolater because he really shares just the the yard with him. He shares, the, but he's not going to be afraid because he has his friends with him. Right behind him, and they're also going to come in by making it that they can't come in and they can't be a part of an Eruvei Chatzerot with him and they can't use the Chatzer. It's going to make him feel alone also. Right? In other words, it could otherwise prove as sort of like a rationalization for staying in that situation. But because he won't be able to bring his friend's stuff into the Chatzer, it'll be okay. This is the way Rashi interprets it. The Rambam interprets it in a way that is more consistent with the other halachot that we've learned. He says that it means that he can't use the Chatzer or the Mavoy without renting from the non-Jew. Meaning normally if a Jew lives in the Chatzer or the Mavoy, um, is the only, the, and, the, and the other side is, is a non-Jew... Right, or let's say they share a chatzer the, with a non-Jew and there's only one Jewish family chatzer and a non-Jewish family, he doesn't have to do anything. Let's say chatzer for a second, just okay. to make it simple. The Jew, the Jew shares the chatzer with the non-Jew if it's okay. only one family. We usually say he doesn't have to do anything. Once there are two Jews, now he has to, now he has to rent from the non-Jew. So according to the Rambam, the discussion here is where practically, really, it's just one Jew sharing the chatzir with a non-Jew. So technically he shouldn't have to rent anything because technically it's one Jew, uh, it, only one Jew has his house open to this chatzir and the non-Jew, right? But since he has behind him 
these other two Jewish houses. So it's not really the typical situation of a Jew living in his chatzir with a non-Jew that it's not going to last because he's going to feel like an outsider and he's going to leave because he has his friends behind him. So therefore he has to go, he has to treat it like a case where there are multiple Jewish houses in the chatzir since they're right behind him and he has to go and rent from the non-Jew. Okay, so that's, that's what it means. It doesn't mean that he's not allowed to ever use the chatzir. It means that he could make an eruv with his friends, but he has to first rent from the non-Jew like he normally would, even though in this case, the other houses don't directly open to the chatzir. And that was the chidush, according to the Rambam, of, of this halacha. Okay.